Hey, thank you all again for being here tonight. Uh, as Chris was playing that, it's, it's funny how God works because that very song was in my mind uh, this afternoon because uh, I was thinking about the phrase, uh, you know, never surrender uh, in sports and how much of our, uh, or our, at least for me, uh, how much of our, our life is spent, hey, we'll never submit, surrender, we'll never give up. And yet the gospel of Christianity is the opposite, saying, surrender, surrender to me. And, uh, you know, it just hit me. Sometimes that, that's probably my problem, that, that I can be so focused and never give up and never quit and never surrender that I don't just give it all uh, to Jesus. Uh, so thank you for playing that song, bro. Uh, I mentioned our India team, and uh, if you all don't know about this, on Monday we have uh, eight from our Bellwether family uh, who will be uh, flying to Calcutta, India. Then we'll go to Hyderabad and then back and stay in Dubai with a friend of ours who's planting a church in Dubai. So Tabor's going, Lori's going. Anybody else here going? Not here. But please pray for us and please pray that uh, our families be safe, that, uh, that we'll be safe, and, uh, and God will uh, provide and protect for us. So we covet your prayers. If you got your Bible, you can turn to John. We're going to be in John, three, three passages in John. The first would be in Luke 3 tonight. So you could start with Luke 3. We'll be in, uh, excuse me, John 3, as I flip through Luke. John 3, John 10, and John 21. So I'm going to start in John 3. But uh, before that, uh, I want to question y'all uh, and myself. Uh, the question being, uh, what does Jesus do for you? Now, that's rhetorical. You don't have to answer it, but like, uh, just really think, like, what does Jesus do for you? You know, I mean, we're, we're all about Jesus, but you ever think, like, what does Jesus do for me? Um, now, we could easily say, well, I mean, Jesus is God. He came to earth, so I have uh, a God, if you believe in Jesus, who, you know, went through pain, suffering, uh, had a family, had relationships, so God, you know, can relate to me. Uh, in Jesus, um, you know, when I cry or when I hurt, I know that I have a God who, who has gone through that. And a lot of time, I'll be honest, I don't know about y'all, but I am, uh, when I think about Jesus, that's, that's what I think of. Like, you know, yes, God came to earth, uh, became flesh, you know, Christmas, all of that, and so God can relate to me. So it's actually very selfish, uh, if that makes sense. And I, I think a lot of people think of Jesus like that, you know, it's, it's what is Jesus doing for me, and how can he help uh, my, my burdens, uh, my sufferings, uh, my pains, my, my struggles in work, uh, those type of things. And I have found myself falling in the trap, and I don't know if this relates to y'all, but I found myself uh, literally sometimes just like not worshiping Jesus for who he really is. Uh, you're like, what are you talking about? Well, not worshiping for, sa- for being a savior, uh, not... Worshiping, worshiping him for, for saving me. And I think often we, uh, we don't realize that he has saved us. I mean, he, he has fully saved us, truly saved us. He saved us from ourselves. Uh, often I think that, uh, for me at least, I end up worshiping the church more than I do Jesus. You're like, how do, you, how do you worship the church? Well, first, I love the church. Like, I mean, as a pastor, I'm, I'm a church guy. Now, it used to not be that way. Uh, I used to be, and we talked about it in our group this morning, that, uh, I, I mean, I was like, man, just give me a Bible and a, a prayer closet uh, or a corner, and man, I can grow with God. Why, why do I need to come to, 
you know, a service on Sunday morning? I mean, you know, God forbid Wednesday night. Or why do I, you know, why do I need to be part of this, this group and they're a bunch of hypocrites and, you know, a bunch of sinners? I mean, why, why that? Just give me the Bible. You know, I'll pray. I'll pray when I suffer. I'll pray for loved ones when they suffer. And, and that's good. Well, that's not what the Bible says for us if we follow Christ. So God's done a 180 in my life where I've ended up becoming a pastor and planting a church. And I'm all about the church, but so much so that often I worship the church more than Jesus. Uh, as in, sometimes I worship Bellwether more. And I'm so concerned about Bellwether. And then other times I love the church, like Big C Church. Like I'm, I'm fascinated by how we're going to get to worship with a church in Calcutta how they will worship. We'll worship with a church in Dubai, how they will worship. And I'm also fascinated by, like, church history. I love uh, reading backstories about Peter, about James, about John, about Paul, how churches were started across the Mediterranean. And so sometimes I find myself more interested in the church than I am about Jesus, uh, if that makes sense. And I think that's a trap a lot of us fall into. We, we forget all that Jesus has, has done for us, uh, that he saved us. So, I want to start John 3, and this is, uh, it'll go through the most famous verse, uh, John 3, 16, but Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. We're going to start in verse 9, and we'll go through verse uh, 21. So, if you'll read with me. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Uh, Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe. How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Uh, Now, before I go further, uh, let me say this. We kind of started this last Wednesday night, where I'm going to give some breaks in this talk. And if you have any questions, or if you need any clarity, please feel free to, uh, to ask, and, and don't be shy. Uh, I chose this passage not just because it has John 3.16, but often we are like Nicodemus. Uh, whether whether we, we go to church regularly or whether we are, like, we consider ourselves not Christians. Hey, I'm, I'm questioning this Jesus guy. I'm trying to figure things out. I'm interested in faith. I've got a faith in a general God. Uh, a lot of times we are like Nicodemus. You, you say, how? Well, Nicodemus is a sharp guy, and, and I'd say all y'all here are sharp, sharp folks. Uh, Nicodemus has made something of his life. I think all of y'all here are making something of your life. Uh, but Nicodemus knows there's got to be something more. Nicodemus likes, is it, I mean, is this all there is? I mean, is this, 
And then he hears this, this teacher, Jesus, uh, saying and, and doing some, some amazing things. Uh, Nicodemus saw Jesus turn water into wine. And uh, he's hearing Jesus, and he's saying, you know, how can these things be true? Uh, and Nicodemus also was a Jew, so he was a religious faith. But he's, he's hearing Jesus say these things. How can, how can what you say be true? And, and I don't know about you, but if I'm honest with myself, uh, often I will say to God, you know, how can these things be true? And I, we have to go to faith, faith in God's word, uh, faith in what he's doing. Sometimes something, you know, happens in our life. Let's say a, a relationship change. Uh, let's say a, a family change. Let's say there's sickness, and we want to say, how, God, can these things be true? Because you're, you're just bringing me pain right now. How can, how can your word, your gospel, be good news? And here's where Jesus starts spelling it out. He ends up with a verse you know, that we know so well. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. But it's interesting, because before he says that, Jesus refers to a story. If you're following me, what story does he refer to there in John 3? An Old Testament story. What is it? Somebody say it. Make sure you're, you're following with me. I don't want to ask Jeremy. I know he's tracking with me. What does he refer to? What does Jesus say? Who? Who? Moses. Okay. He talks about Moses. What's Moses doing in this story? What's Moses doing? Lifted up a serpent in the wilderness. Okay. So let me stop right there. Um, I hate snakes. Uh, I mean, I like I really hate snakes. Jill, you hate snakes, don't you? Anybody else hate snakes? So a couple I say, and, and others are like, yeah, they're okay. Uh, I was talking to I was talk, talking to Greg about, you know, I, I don't know if I could ever be down with bow hunting because I don't like snakes, I don't like mosquitoes. And uh, I was up in uh, New Albany a couple of weeks ago, and my brother was showing me the, the food plots, and um, it was on a Saturday, and. We were both saying, man, you know, I don't want to go hunt until it gets cold. And, and then my brother says, man, man, I've, and, and thankfully my brother, like, takes care of our farm. So, you know, I just go out there and hunt, you know, I mean, kind of bad. But anyway, he said, yeah, man, I've killed some monster snakes this year. And, you know, he said, I killed one that, uh, man, if you didn't hit the hospital soon, I mean, you'd, be, you'd be gone. So, I mean, that, <clears throat> snakes freak me out. I don't like snakes. And yet this story uh, actually, I'm, I'm going to read this. It's in Numbers. If you want to flip back all the way from John to Numbers, you can. I'm going to read the story Jesus is referring to. It's Numbers uh, 21, okay? And you may, you may be thinking, man, why, yeah, why is Jesus, this random story about snakes and Moses, you know, what does this mean? So Numbers 21, uh, starting with uh, verse 4. And I'll read through verse 9. So five verses here. It says, From Mount Hor they set out by way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water. We loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. They bit the people so that many of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, 
he would look at the bronze serpent and live. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, when I was in Sunday school, I, I heard about that story. We have doctors here, Dr. Carroll. You know, the, the doctor symbol is the snake on the pole. Uh, but I, I was right really like Passover, you know, you know another, another Old Testament story. You know, yeah, let's, let's get to Jesus. Let's get to John 3.16. But again, Jesus, right before John 3.16, he refers to this story. And it's so much about us, and it's also so much about what Jesus has done for us and why we should, our, our focus should always go back to Jesus about what he's done, not ourselves, not a church, not our family, not our careers, but what Jesus has done. And you're like, okay, what's he done? The Israelites, they cried out to God. Uh, we cry out to God. Uh, when we get hurt, when we're in, in pain and suffering, uh, we cry out to God more. Uh, that's one of my faults, probably y'all's too. I mean, I pray more when things are going bad. And here, they're getting bit by snakes. And they say, you know, stop the snakes. Please, help us. And what does God do? God doesn't wipe out the snakes, interestingly. God says, take one, put it on a pole, and whoever looks to this snake will, will live and be healed. That's, that's what God does. And so the people that look to the snake are healed. Like, well, still, how does this connect with, you know, with Jesus? Uh, we cry out to God because we get hurt. People hurt us. We hurt ourselves. Uh, and there's this deal called sin in us. And so... Actually, like for Jesus in his time, he, he's saying, we're the snakes, and we bite and devour one another, and our sin, our sinful actions, things we do, we, we hurt one another, we, we hurt ourselves. And so we cry out to God and say, God, save us. And if God were, um, well, if, if he really did what we were asking, save us from the snakes, again, which is us, well, then he would annihilate humanity, his creation. Because what, what we don't get is that the problem is us. The problem is the sin in us. The problem is us biting, devouring, uh, getting mad, snapping at, hurting ourselves and one another. And so when we cry out to God, say, save us, God, he's saying, you don't realize that the problem is, is in you. You're the problem. And he also said, I don't want to wipe you out. I don't want to annihilate you. So what he's done is come to us in the flesh as Jesus. And Jesus is saying, for God so loved the world that he did not want to destroy the world and wipe us out. He came to us and the son of man, Jesus, was lifted up so that whoever looks to him will be saved. Just in the same passage you ever looked what Moses lifted up would be healed. So instead of destroying his creation, he said, you know, I will, I'll save you by, by sending my son, sending Jesus. So my point in all this is that we really, I mean, and I have to remind myself, we don't always get what Jesus has done. We, we look at Jesus, yes, he comforts me, yes, he's here, yes, he's present, but, I mean, we, we deserve death. We deserve death to be wiped out. The, the problem is us. And God says, I don't want to do that. I love you. So look to my son. Look at my son. Whoever looks at Jesus is healed. You know, problem in a relationship. Look to Jesus. Problem in work. Look to Jesus. 
physical problem. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. I remind myself, don't look to church. Uh, church will, uh, will disappoint you. Look to Jesus. Now, we move on to John 10 uh, real quick because he saves us. But then it's like, well, okay, what do we do? So he saves us. That's great. How do, how do we live? You know, how, how do we do this life? We look to Jesus, okay, but I mean, look, still, how do we, you know, how, how, do we, how do we do this thing? Well, we also need to realize that uh, John 10, Jesus uses another metaphor. And here, we're sheep, and he's the shepherd. So let me read to you John 10, starting verse 1. Actually, let me stop there. I said questions. Any questions or thoughts? And it could be anything. There's no, no dumb questions here. Anything? Chris, you can warm us up. Jeremy, Jill. Okay. All right, John 10, and let me read verse 1. Look what Jesus says here. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to me. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father... And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up. This charge I have received from my Father. I use this passage because... You know, Jesus talks in John 3 of saving us from ourselves. But in John 10, which I love this chapter, our theme verse is in it. Jesus is saying, all of you, are, y'all are looking for ways in life. Y'all are looking for paths. You're like, how, how, do I, how do I walk in this life? What we're talking about on Sunday mornings. And Jesus is saying, man, there are many, uh, there are many gates out there. And he's saying, I'm, I'm the way here. I'm the gate uh, to get to God, you got to come through me. To get to heaven, you got to come t- to me. To get to life, you got to come to me. And, and I love here, you know, the verse, verse ten, where Jesus, says, I come to give life and give it abundantly. And I've always loved that verse because so many people, so many Christians, I mean, their deal with Jesus, is, hey, he will get me to heaven. Hey, he will get me my dreams. I like to say, you know, where you know my perfect house with my my perfect body. And all the perfect sports teams win every year, and you know, or my perfect hunting camp, or my perfect, you know, scene by water or lake. He'll get me there, and so I can at least look forward to heaven. 
And Jesus says that there's so much more. You know, I come to give you life and give it abundantly. And he said, I'm the way. And then he does, he calls himself the shepherd, which I think, you know, we got it right up here. So, so we love Jesus as a shepherd. And, and we're sheep. And I don't know if y'all know much about sheep, but uh, the Bible talks a lot about sheep. And if you read commentaries, uh, sheep easily wander. So, so we easily can go astray. And he's saying here that, you know, I got, I got other sheep and I'm, I'm going to need your help to, to gather the sheep because there are also wolves out there. Uh, what do wolves do? Wolves eat sheep. And so there are wolves in our world uh, that uh, will devour us. Actually, if you read through Paul, and we don't have time tonight, he's warning the church against wolves over and over again. So wolves can be people. Wolves uh, can be a group of people. Wolves can be people who are, um, who are driven by the flesh, by the world, uh, by Jesus' enemy, our enemy, Satan, and they want to devour sheep. And so Jesus is saying, you know, he is the shepherd, and that we as sheep, we've got to continue following him. So not only do you look to him, not only do you go through him to get to God, we've got to follow him. So that means we look at his life, we look at his teaching, y'all are here, we, we wrestle with it sometimes, uh, we learn it, we read it, we meditate on it, we memorize it, and we follow the shepherd. Let me stop there. Thoughts, questions? Okay. So one other thing, last thing I'll say before we close tonight is we look to Jesus for salvation, we follow him for life, abundant life, but then he calls us to do something more. And this is, um, I really love this passage because it's, it's foundational for me. It's foundational for Bellwether. Because uh, when Jesus says, hey, there are others out there, there are other sheep, he's already beginning to give that mission. Like, you know, I, I, need, I need my sheep to, to go after because sheep wander and they're wolves. And so he calls us too. John 21, verse 15 through 19 and this is uh, Jesus talking to Peter. And he says, uh, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he, Peter, was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Now, we look to Jesus to be saved, we follow him, he's the gate, he's the shepherd, but then he calls us, he gives us a mission, and he's saying, you know, I got other folks that I love and I'm worried about, and you got to go to them, and he starts this with Peter, and he says, Peter, feed, tend my sheep, and so for y'all, I mean, 
I don't know what you think of your life. I mean, you may be just, uh, I mean, you may be here, thank goodness, but you may be wandering. You may think, you know, my life is meaningless. Uh, I have little purpose rather than getting fired up on Saturdays, you know, during a certain time of year. I mean, you, you may be, you may just not know. You may be like, man, I'm just, I'm just struggling. And in Jesus, it's not just, you know, saving from sins. It's not just, you know, life abundantly. There, there's a mission. There's a purpose. And each of you, all of us who follow him, uh, we got that mission. We got that purpose. Now, it looks different. Not everybody goes to India. Uh, not everybody may have a heart for the city that they live in. Uh, not everybody may feel led to lead a small group. But in certain ways, we, we're called to go, uh, to go out to our neighbor, to our, our Lord, uh, in our work. You know, we say it here a lot, as you go, as you go uh, to uh, your schools, as you go uh, to your jobs, as you go in your marriages, as you go, make disciples, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. And so the church is here to help y'all figure out how you can go and how you can be most effective. Is it a small group? Is it a mission trip? Is it one-on-one discipleship? Is it, you know, just serving in youth group? Serving in family. We all have gifts. And I just want you to know that, you know, yes, Jesus, we looked to him to be saved. Yes, we follow him for life. But he calls us too to go out. And we only, you know, I said this, I think, Sunday. All of our time is limited. I ask myself this, you know, what would I do? How would I act this day, this week, if I knew my time was limited? Well, the truth is, all of our time is limited. So, like, you know, bring that to, to your mind and think, you know, well, how would I live? We can get started any time. You can get started tonight. You can look to Jesus for salvation. You can begin to follow him. But you can also say, man, I, I want to I live a life of purpose. You're like, well, you know, does that mean be a missionary, be a pastor? Well, it might. It might. But it can start tomorrow as you go into work and know that Jesus is with you and he's Lord. It could start tonight by maybe making a phone call to heal a relationship if need be. It can start the rest of this week. Uh, in your relationships, to be a light, to be an example, to shine forth truth. We all have opportunities. We have countless opportunities every week. So tonight, I'm so glad y'all are here just to hear that. You know, what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do tonight? And if you're, you know, if you're like, man, I'm still just kind of wrestling with this Jesus deal, well, then we go back to John 3. Our problem is us, and Jesus is clear. Just, just look to me to begin, and you'll be healed. So, above all, look to him. God has sent his son because he loved us so much. But it's not just for eternity. It's for the here and now, for your life, and for the life of others. And I hope that we are continuing to grow into that at Bellwether. That's my prayer because there are others out there who need us. So, I'm going to close with prayer. Thank you all for coming. Sorry to get started late, and, uh, and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Forgive me, forgive us when we make idols of, of church or of religion uh, or of ourselves and we, we take Jesus off the throne. I pray that uh, we would see more clearly by your spirit um, opportunities uh, to serve, to love, uh, uh, to be your servants in, in a world that's desperate for you and relationships and, uh, and people that we know that need to see you and just in small, simple ways, help us to love our neighbor. Uh, help us to reach out more to these neighborhoods and this community and to the world. I continue to pray for protection of our mission team, protection for all of us as we live our lives. Let us glorify you 
and that we know that our time here on earth is limited and to use it to, to the best of our ability, but we have life forevermore and it is abundant in Christ. Thank you for these people, our church. Uh, may we continue to go out for others. In Jesus' name, amen.